Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Digital Spies Soap Scoop. Every week we're sitting down with some of your favourite people from the world of soaps before digging into the biggest spoilers from the week ahead for Emmerdale, Corrie, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. I'm one of your hosts, Ali, from Digital Spy, and I'm joined, as always, by Sophie. Hi! How are you doing, Sophie? How are you doing today? I am good, thanks. I'm a little bit on edge, I'm not going to lie. So ne- we're having some building work done in the garden next door, mm. and my dog has, has taken offence to this, so she keeps <laughs> growling and barking. So I'm hoping she's going to stay quiet for the duration of this, like for the next 20 minutes, but... We shall see. Mm. Well, if, well, now we know. If, 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 if someone starts barking, at least people listening know it's not like me or you. It's your yeah. uh, dog. <laughs> it's a tr- troublesome lab that I've got. Um, no, what, she's what, all right. What's your dog's name? Bella. She's Bella. um, she, yeah, she's she's quite old actually, but she's uh, she's super cute. But she can just be very um, very disruptive when she wants to be. <laughs> it's always like in a meeting. I did a meeting of you once, I think, wasn't I? And she was snoring under the yes, table. yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Um, that's funny. Well, speaking of um, slight disruptive noises, um, so today this which will make sense in a, in a second, I promise. Um, so this week's interview um, is with Daniel Daniel Kilkelly, um, who works with us over at Digital Spy. Um, if you've read any soaps coverage for the past like ten years, you'll know Daniel's name. Um, he's kind of like a walking encyclopedia about all things soaps. Um, he anything there is to know, he knows, um, and he's also. Yeah, someone we work with and he's kind of a very friendly guy and someone, and we wanted to sit down with him and kind of talk about um, the year of soaps um, that 2020 has been so far and what he thinks kind of the next year looks like and what trends and stuff he spotted. And he's had some really interesting insights. So hopefully um, you'll find something kind of new and interesting from what he has to say. Yes, and in terms of the disruptive noise, <laughs> ah, yes. he had a very, very loud laptop honestly it sounded like an aeroplane taking off didn't yeah, it it did yeah yeah so we do apologize in advance for um some kind of there'll be some might be some audio hitches um in the interview you're about to hear but i promise it's worthwhile and like i said daniel's been doing this for a very long time and kind of has a really good insight into into the world of soap so hopefully we'll find something yeah something really interesting what we had to say I, I definitely did yeah absolutely let's stick around for this because especially if you want you're interested in like soap journalism or journalism it's really interesting to know how he got the job and how he's yes. ended up where he is now yeah and it's, it's good to get some sort because obviously his all our jobs are slightly different and getting his kind of a look into like what his day-to-day is a bit like and that sort of thing is really interesting so without further ado um, we'll hand over to ourselves um, with Daniel enjoy Hi Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, it's nice to have a familiar face on the on the show. Me and Sophie both work with you quite closely at um, Digital Spy, so it's nice to have a familiar face join us. Speaking of Digital Spy, um, I guess for anyone listening who doesn't know you, um, you could you give us a quick rundown of kind of how you got started um, at the site and got started writing about soaps? Because I know um, that it's quite an interesting story and you've been with us um, for quite a while. Yes, I started at quite a young age, to be honest. I I was still in school at the time when I first applied to join DS. And back then, the site wasn't the big machine that it is today with you know lots of full-time staff. Um, they didn't really have any full-time paid staff at that time. It was just fairly small website at the time. Um, I was aware of it as a really good place to go to for TV news. And I just noticed one day they were advertising for volunteers to join and just do some TV bits and bobs for them. So 
I read it. I thought, oh, I could do that. And I applied and I didn't really expect to get anywhere with it because I thought, you know, I'm just a kid in school. They probably want someone <laughs> who's a bit older, a bit more professional. But much to my surprise, they did take me on, which was great, um, purely as a voluntary basis. And my job, it did start off as TV bits and bobs, but it kind of changed quite quickly. I did a lot with Big Brother every summer. That was back when Big Brother was massive and was the big highlight of everyone's summer. And it was my job basically to watch the live feed on E4 um, for hours on end and keep everyone updated with what was going on in the house. But that was quite difficult because anyone who watched the live feed will know that it was probably 50% bird noise. Um, anytime <laughs> anything interesting was ever said, they would put on the birds, cut to the chickens in the back garden, go to an ad break. So it was trickier than I thought. Um, but I did Big Brother for a few years. Um, when I left school in 2004, the site had progressed at that point and they could take on someone or a few people as paid staff. So I was their weekend reporter for five years, all the way through college and all the way through university. I joined full-time in 2009 as an entertainment reporter and worked closely at that time with the guy who was soaps editor, a really talented guy called Chris Green, who now works at EastEnders. So he kind of worked for a year on the site. And then he joined EastEnders in 2010, and that's when I took over. I'm still here 10 years later as soaps editor, and he is still at EastEnders um, as a script producer. So we've both done those 10-year stretches, which is quite fun. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it is, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the fact that you were, what, you say, for, like 14 when you started, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's kind of like the, I, I love the idea of you being like, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, on, on the internet in like 2003 or like whenever it was, 2002. they like, yeah, oh, what's this? I'll apply for this on this message board that I use. And then... Little did you know, you know, all these years later, you'd still be, still be with us. And no, I mean, I never would have expected I would still be here all these years later. I think it kind of came from the fact that when you're in school, they kind of really drum it into you to just try and get experience on the career path you want to go down. So I knew I probably wanted to go into journalism. So I just thought, you know, even though this is voluntary, it's purely, you know, an unpaid role at the start. I thought it's something I can put on my CV um in the future so yeah that's kind of how i saw it when i first started and you've never looked back (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely um i guess because i think that the i mean it's been like you say you know 16 years or so um and you presumably over those years have had some quite like interesting experiences especially around soaps i know before um we started recording you were talking we were talking about some of the kind of like bigger weirder kind of like events and trips and stuff that you've um been on over the years is there anything that kind of stands out that you think like wow i can't believe you know i can't believe we did that i can't believe they took us there i think the best one was when hollyoaks very very kindly uh, invited me and a few other journalists to come to Ibiza when they were filming Very nice. the week's episodes over there. So I got to go over and do that. It was only a two-night stay, but it was really, really fun you know, to be there and see how they were doing it all. Mm. Just to kind of spend time with the cast for an extended period. You know, normally at a press event, you know, you're kind of in a room somewhere and people come in, they do their interview and then they leave and go back on set. Whereas with this, you know, I kind of spent a whole couple of days with them, you know, got to spend time with them in between scenes, got to, you know, go out for drinks with them, got to go for dinner with them at the end of the day. So just to kind of see them um, relaxing and switched off, I thought was quite a fun opportunity um i think another fun one i mean a lot of these are quite themed what's going on in the soap at the time yeah, so there was a cory storyline where david platt got locked by his family in a basement somewhere because he was out of control yeah that sounds familiar. time um so cory decided to take us all to 
Brody Count Manchester, you know, the escape rooms. Oh, um, right. <laughs> so we were all split into different groups with journalists and one or two cast members. So in my room, I had Ben Price, who plays Nick Tilsley <laughs> in Corrie. So we were all frantically trying to get out of this escape room. And I'm ashamed to say we all failed. Um, yeah, Nick Tilsley oh. failed us. Um, <laughs> actually, him. Ben, ben Price, though, was really good. Like, he seemed to have a really organised mind <laughs> and a really organised approach to it all. But um, sadly, we did not make it out in the one-hour slot. Um, another funny one was when Emmerdale did their siege storyline in the Wolfpack a few years ago. Um, we were all put on the Emmerdale Village set in different cottages to watch it in different oh, rooms. Cool. And the episode was about to start and completely by surprise, all of these armed police suddenly appeared um, oh, and stormed into each of the cottages and were shouting, you know, armed police, get down. So <laughs> Emmerdale had basically arranged that to kind of set the, set the scene for the episode and make it a bit more atmospheric. So. It sounds terrifying. That sounds absolutely terrifying. I feel like you'd have been, you and a few journalists, like, oh, you know, we're just here. This is a quite interesting experience to watch this being filmed. That sounds absolutely terrifying to suddenly have, like, armed police barging. <laughs> Real life soap drama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like yeah. um, everyone's going to be wanting your job after this. <laughs> they can't have it. They can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> so it has been, I think it's fair to say, a strange and slightly challenging year in the soaps world. So what are the sort of biggest trends you've seen recently across the shows? People standing alarmingly um, <laughs> alarmingly <laughs> apart, um, even characters who are closely related suddenly want nothing to do with each other. Um, I guess that's the main trend, but obviously everyone knows the reason for that. Yeah. Um, I think... What I'm noticing more and more is hopefully soaps being a bit more forward thinking. So I think, you know, when you're a soap boss, it's very easy sometimes to come in and just think about your two year stretch that you're going to do on the show. Because basically, you know, you can come in, you can kill off a load of characters, you can split up popular characters, you can, you know, burn down a popular set and I'm sure all of that will boost, boost ratings for a while but then the person who has to take over after you then has got a right nightmare on their hand trying to get it all back on track mm -hmm. and you know if you've killed someone who is maybe needed in the future like a legacy character like one of the Mitchells in EastEnders for example you know that'll probably turn out to be a mistake if you do that but I think recently I've kind of seen the opposite of that in some cases. So, you know, a nice example in Emmerdale is, you know, they've lost the character of Lisa Dingle because Jane Cox wanted to leave. And we see Zach Dingle a bit less frequently now. So what they've done is they've brought back Mandy Dingle, you know, Lisa Riley as Mandy Dingle. And she is kind of like the beating heart of that family now. And, you know, the big name they needed back in the centre of that family. And there's like loads more focus now on Sam and Lydia as well, who I think are almost the Zach and Lisa of the future. So I think there's a lot of kind of forward thinking going on. And I would say as well, like with EastEnders, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Ben Mitchell. And, you know, some people said he's maybe overused, but I think they are trying to set up that character to be the future of the Mitchell family, you know, probably take that from Phil further on down the line. Um, I guess similar to what Kate Oates did when she was at Corrie. Um, Kate Oates is the head of continuing drama at the BBC now and is overseeing EastEnders. But when she was at Corrie, when she first joined, like Ken Barlow was kind of rattling around number one by himself. <laughs> and Aww. what she did was she brought back Daniel Osborne, she brought back Adam Barlow, and then all of a sudden... Ken had a family around him again and he had a lot more purpose in the show and just options there for the Barlow family in the future. So kind of future-proofing the soaps almost. I mean, I would say sometimes they do fall into their own traps so or their old traps rather. So mm -hmm. this year I thought it was a shame to lose the character of 
any Denny from EastEnders because um, I think Sharon and Dennis's son was a very strong character they could have used in the future, yeah. potentially. So sometimes they do fall into that trap of, you know, killing someone off for a particular storyline, and it, it is a shame sometimes. I do, think. You, um, do you think there's a connect? Because I think, obviously, that was quite a big, big shock, because, like, for people who don't, who are maybe aren't EastEnders viewers, that was, you know, back in... January or February of the show's 25th anniversary, right? Is that right? And 30th, it kind of. 25th, yeah. 35th anniversary, sorry. And I think, you know, people were expecting a big kind of blowout for that show. Like, and people, like you say, you kind of fall into the trap of, well, there, there has to be a death. There has to be some sort of big cataclysmic event. And then I think that was quite shocking, I think, for people that they killed off. Obviously, and, and a very interesting character in the sense that, like, he's essentially Phil's adopted son, but also as a young character to kind of to kill off i just want i think it's it's a role always a roll of the dice but especially in that case it seems like like you yeah. say it's it might that could have been a character that they could have brought back you know five ten fifteen years later and been someone really interesting um, yeah i really thought they were sort of um molding him into like a mini mitchell i thought like he was mm. gonna um have that legacy i do think with him though the idea was to generate like months and months of stories and i think we're going to yeah. see more of that in, in the end of the yeah. year with Ian and, and Sharon, but um, no, I do agree. I think that was that was really shocking. I mean, all the speculation leading up to that. I think um, I think no one thought. I think some people thought it could be him, but no one thought they'd actually do it. Yeah, <laughs> a child. Yeah, um, I think it's. I, I think like what you said, Dan, about like the idea of future proofing the soaps is re is really interesting because like like a lot of things you would think you know soaps run for like a long time and they run so continuously that you should they kind of should always be forward planning but like you say there's like the appeal of the easy win of like or we can you know blow up the wool pack or we can like crash a plane like it is that there is as a writer there must be something really like exciting about that prospect but you know you create the characters that people love to follow and the families that people love to follow for like decades by kind of like slowly laying the groundwork um and i definitely think um as like a recurringly kind of lapsed descenders viewer like seeing for what i kind of see in the like Ben Mitchell, Jay, Lola, like even Cat, like that kind of network of younger Mitchells they're kind of building, you know, that it feels like they're very cleverly setting that up to kind of because we'll eventually get a point to a point when, you know, Phil can't be in the show anymore or Sharon can't be in the show anymore. And so there needs to be kind of a, a funnel almost of um of new talent and younger characters they can kind of push up to those those mainstays. Yeah, like the next generation of characters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would say with Dennis, you know, in fairness, we've not really been able to see what they have planned in terms of the aftermath, so there could be a lot more to come with that that we are unaware of. But I think with previous deaths, like Ronnie and Roxy and Stephen Beale, I've never really felt that the aftermath was strong enough to justify it, so I hope this storyline will be the exception. Yeah, I think sometimes deaths can seem quite audacious, can't they? But it depends on the aftermath. That will be the biggest teller. But um, moving on a bit, we are coming, obviously, we're in autumn, my favourite time of the year, for anyone that cares. <laughs> um, so what what do you think we can expect for the rest of the year across the soaps? I think for me, the big highlight is obviously going to be the Corey 60th anniversary in December. We know that is coming up. Corey have been quite open about the fact that they had originally quite a big Hollywood stunt element planned and basically due to COVID they've had to scrap that now and they said, you know, we're not going to do that. I think the reason they said was that it involved building some kind of structure on set and it would have taken about two years to do that with social distancing rules in place. So they said they've basically taken the stunt element out of that storyline now. But what Ian McLeod, the producer, has said is that what has been left behind is quite a strong community-type storyline. And I think that almost could be a blessing in disguise because it's something different. You know, it's not trying to top what has gone before. You know, obviously the 50th anniversary was the tram crash. You know, it would have been a shame if they just tried to outdo that some way in some way with something that is you know even more ridiculous and even more big and bombastic. So I think it's almost a, t- a test of their 
creativity? You know, can they do something that is more character-driven? Can they do something that you know, relates to the, the heart of the show? Um, you know, our old favourites, because we know that Ken and some of the older characters will be part of the anniversary, which is great news. Um, they were not able to be in the show for a while, but they will be back in time for the anniversary, which is great. So I think that's been a bit highlight. And, you know, earlier in the year, they had the 10,000th episode, which was just so simple, but so brilliant. You know, it was just a lot of the long-serving characters and a few of the new ones too, just went on a bus trip together. And it was just them, yeah. um, you know, having a laugh on the bus, um, having sing-songs. And that for many people was Cory, and they got such great feedback for that episode. And, Obviously, you have to be realistic. You can't do that all the time. You know, people want big, big storylines. But I think it'll be great if, you know, we do see that community factor back for the 60th anniversary. I think also, you know, Hollyoaks had their flash forward episode in December 2019, where they went a year in advance and we saw a body bag. So who's in the body bag? We'll find that out at the end of the year. It was a mystery wedding, so we'll find out who's involved in that at the end of the year. I do feel bad for them because they couldn't have picked a worse year yeah. to do a flash no. forward because, yeah. you know, they kind of bookended their storylines in that way. So they're having to speed everything up now to get to that point. But I'm sure, as they always do, they'll work out and it will all be fine. It's such yeah, a great idea in theory, isn't it? And then it was just the wrong, it was just no one could have predicted what 2020 would look like. Yeah, it's really interesting to think that, like, yeah, that, like, the idea of doing a flash forward like that um, is so, especially because, like, obviously, there's so much planning, like, you're talking about with, like, the idea of legacy and stuff, there's so much planning going into a soap. And, like, one way you can utilize it is to say, actually, we have a pretty good idea what, what the next year of the show looks like, or so we thought. And so we can kind of tease it in that way. Um, and it's a shame we wouldn't really get to see, like, what that felt like as a viewer as the year kind of ramped up. Um, but, yeah, like you say, I'm sure they'll pull something out of the bag and they and maybe they've got the benefit of knowing where they need to be by the end of December so they can kind of get to it quicker. Um, are there any other kind of specific storylines that you're you're kind of excited about or things you think, you know, people are kind of desperate to get back to um, across any other soaps? I think this year, you know, the obvious highlight has been the Jeff and Yasmin coercive control story in Corrie. I think they kind of hit upon a perfect storm with that story. And it was unintentional because, you know, it ended up airing in lockdown when, you know, issues of domestic abuse and control, you know, tragically became all the more relevant during that period. So I think that story spoke to people in a way that was not intended when it was first written. So it just felt so much more relevant. Yeah, And also the fact that, it was airing at a point where episodes were being rationed. So, you know, what was intended to air across, you know, six episodes in one week was put down to three episodes. So everything was just so, you know, drawn out, but kind of drawn out in a really impactful way. And, you know, Yasmin's, you know, misery and all what she was going through, it was just, it just seemed to go on and on and on and almost became agonising to watch. So I think, you know, the way that turned out had such an impact on the viewers and I think everyone is really keen to find out what will happen yeah. to Jeff, what will the ending of that storyline be. So I think for me, you know, that has been the massive highlight of last year. And I have to say, amazing performances from Shelley King and yeah. Ian Bartholomew on that. Mm. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, I guess uh, squeeze one more good story out of you. Um, if I talk, if we ask you about kind of the funniest interviews or the or the kind of the interviews that stand out in your mind the most, what kind of comes to mind? I think for me, the funniest interviews are people who have got no filter. Because if I'm honest, you know, as every year goes by, I think everything gets a bit more safe. Everything gets a bit more rehearsed. You know, the PRs always present so you know people don't want to say the wrong thing people don't want to upset the writers like what happened with Joey on Friends where he said that he wrote his own lines and then he got killed off the next day <laughs> so no one wants that no one wants that to happen to them so you know it's great when you get someone like Danny Dyer so you know, I've interviewed Danny one on one 
on the phone a couple of times and you know, he always will say something outrageous, which is great. <laughs> you know, always great when you're a journalist, when you get a good line from someone. Um, I did one recently with someone from Home and Away. And when you do an interview with Home and Away, you're always on holes for ages before they finally come on. And then finally this person came on. And then the first thing this cast member did was basically drop her phone into the sink, <laughs> which was full of soapy water. And then all I could hear for like two minutes was this cast member, who I won't name, basically fretting for two minutes, saying, oh no, like the phone's in the sink. What on earth am I going to do? You know, it's a disaster. So this went on for like two minutes and I was just sitting there like hoping and praying she would sort it out. And then she finally came on and she was like, did you hear any of that? And I was like, yeah, you know, I gathered that your phone was um, submerged in water for a while. Um, and then I heard the whole story then of how it happened. So I was thinking, you know, I'm maybe running out of time here, you know, to actually do the interview. Um, I think another funny one is sometimes when you know something and the cast member doesn't. So this shouldn't happen, but sometimes it does. So... There was an incident once where I knew that a certain character was coming back into the show and it hadn't been announced yet. And I was interviewing this character's on-screen sister. So ah. I just assumed that she would know. So I just said, so so-and-so is coming back. How do you feel about this? And she was just completely baffled and had no idea. And <laughs> at first I thought it was just one of those things where they pretend not to yeah. know. But genuinely, she didn't know. So I felt terrible then that I had probably broken Let some... Let the cat out of the bag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some unspoken <laughs> rule. But the good thing was that she got on really well with her on-screen brother. And she said to me that I'd made her day by oh, telling her no. the news. And she was going to text him. But yeah, imagine if she hated him and she was like, oh, I'm not that guy again. Um, but you'd revealed that... some... Or you'd revealed... Yeah, you'd revealed some sort of a major, you know, NDA-breaking um, storyline. <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know, you do know you're being killed off, right? <laughs> you're in the body bag. <laughs> so yeah, that can happen from time to time. So, I mean, so it is, it's fascinating, Daniel. We could talk to you forever about these kind of weird and wonderful things that you um, see and hear and, and kind of the people that you speak to on a day-to-day basis. Um, but that is all we've got time for um, today, for now. Um, so we'll bid you farewell. Um, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. And we shall speak to you soon. Okay, thank you both. Bye. Yeah, bye. bye. 45 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that um, chat with Daniel. Like I said um, at, the, at the top of the show, he's he's a really interesting guy. And, and talking to him about um, what the rest of 2020 holds was, was fascinating. And to kind of see the things that he's been he's been picking up on and the trends that he's seeing. And the rest of that conversation around, you know, the legacy of soaps and kind of, 
setting up the future of of characters and the future of families, I think is is super fascinating. So, and that stuff that we're going to see, I think, for the rest of the year, and and lots of the storylines we've seen so far this year have kind of fed into that. So, yeah, I hope you found that as interesting as we did. Yeah, it was really interesting. So, without further ado, we'll move on to the next bit of the podcast. So, this is the part every week where we jump into give you the biggest kind of spoilers um, for the week ahead. So that's for the 2nd to the 6th of November, Monday to Friday. Um, and we'll be digging into the spoilers for Emmerdale, Coronation Street, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. And I think we'll kick off with Emmerdale. Yep, we will. I, and just before we start, I cannot believe we're in November. Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because some, some of the storylines we'll talk about today, it's like, oh, this happened in September. Or, you know, will we... The consequences are kind of, yeah, it's funny how time seems to have flown by. I know, it's actually mad. So this Emmerdale story we're about to talk about, I remember doing a Zoom interview with Lawrence Robb, who is going to be playing Mackenzie, I think early September. And he was talking about stuff for November. And I was like, well, November is like a different (laughs) lifetime. Like, what is going on? And here we are. So yes, we've got Mackenzie. He's going to be dominating majority of next week's episodes. So he is the man responsible for kidnapping Kane and kissing charities. He's already caused ructions in the village yeah. before he's even really got there. <laughs> Dear me. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we're in the middle of seeing him arrive now and kind of like cause, like you say, cause of this trouble, have some kind of frosty reunions, get, get kind of mixed up in the Moira story, get mixed up with Jamie. And I think that's what next week holds is going to be him kind of getting more and more involved in the situation with, with Jamie Tate. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, he's going to be throwing... Moira's life into turmoil because Mm. they have a bit of a complicated past which we are going to find out about next week but Mackenzie arrives he's full of resentment towards Moira because of the circumstances which led to her leaving the family all those years ago Mm. but she obviously wants the opportunity to share her side of the story because not everything is as it seems and yes so that is going to be playing out I think we've had some quotes from Natalie J. Robb who've said that like Moira's dark past is going to be explored and it's all going to be quite sad we see her having a bit of an emotional breakdown after their chat but as to what has actually happened you're going to have to tune in as I always say (laughs) yeah and then I think the second half of um, the kind of the big Mackenzie storyline will be um, like I said him him getting involved with um, with Jamie so we know that um, Sam and Kane are kind of on the warpath now Um, they're going to head over to see to see old Jamie and, and it's going to turn, well, it turns out that maybe Mackenzie's there as well. And it's all going to kind of kick off between the three of them as Mackenzie's kind of um, opinions and plans aren't maybe quite what they first seem. Um, and obviously we we know that initially he's kind of got this, he 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 wants to get involved with Jamie, but it's starting to look like maybe he, they might team up or something. Some, there's a twist coming there in their, in their kind of friendship or whatever it is that's beginning. Yeah. I mean, could Jamie Tate have an ally? In Mackenzie, mm. quite possibly. <laughs> That's a twist um, no one saw coming. Yeah, honestly, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a twist in the Jamie Tate. Like the Jamie Tate story has been so kind of like twisty turning. It's been unclear for ages which way it's going to go, and this seems like a whole other spanner in the works. And um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and wait and see. Um, speaking of things, th- you know, throwing spanners in the works, and and uh, speaking of Mackenzie, um, if you remember last week, we spoke a little bit about um, the kind of ongoing um vanity um storyline um obviously we saw um this week or last week uh charity's kind of um interaction with Mackenzie. they had that kiss um and we spoke a little bit um last week about the issues around that storyline and the issues around kind of bisexual representation so if you haven't listened to that episode i definitely recommend going back because i think we had a really good conversation about about the the kind of the waters that Emmerdale was wading into there and and why it might be slightly problematic um and this week we're going to see that storyline carry on um unfortunately for vanity fans everywhere yeah sorry guys we too are big vanity fans here at digital spy we want them to get a happy ending but obviously michelle harbick is on maternity leave and this story is playing out as a result so next week is going to see charity face up to the consequences of her actions she in typical charity style she drowns her sorrows because Vanessa is obviously furious that she's cheated on her with Mackenzie yeah and I think it's going to be I mean I think um the other thing the other kind of side of this storyline is that is that we've seen or that we're going to see charity kind of say oh can we take can I go can we go can I go and see Vanessa can we take Johnny um and it looks like end this week there's going to be some kind of reveals around the fact that you know she's going to talk to Tracy and Tracy's going to be like well Listen, Johnny's already already gone. Um, 
so yeah, it's things are things are looking rocky for for Vanity, but I'm sure that you know think it's not the end of the end of days just yet. And I think um, there's been some interviews with the, with the Emmerdale kind of team where they said, listen, you know, we know the fans um, love these characters, and we and we wouldn't do anything major to kind of um, break them up, but it still feels. Like they're you know treacherous ground ahead. Yeah, I mean there could be some light at the end of the tunnel, but I think we've got a little bit of yeah. a bumpy ride first because obviously Tracy shocks Charity by dropping another bombshell, which destroys her hopes of a reunion. Charity's quite keen to put up a fight for the love of her life, yeah. but as to what the future holds, it's it's all a bit up in the air at the moment, isn't it? Yes, it is. And then uh, finally, from Adele, speaking of relationships that are on the rocks, um, the other kind of. A long-running relationship that seems to be in trouble at the moment is, of course, Paddy and Chaz. Um, basically, we've seen... Uh, we saw this storyline kind of develop over the past couple of weeks or m- months now, probably, um, where, you know, Chaz was flirting with other people and she and she went away. Um, and basically, uh, this week, we're going to see kind of the fallout from Chaz's return to kind of see Charity. Um Paddy's not happy that she didn't he didn't know that she was coming back. They kind of have this back and forth and it looks like there's going to be some things are not going to end well for, um, at the end of the week when uh, Paddy kind of wants to talk to to Chaz but ends up kind of going for drinks with with Mandy instead. Um you know, getting back involved with the Dingle is probably not a good idea and uh yeah, so it looks like there's going to be some sort of um, shake out there and fall out there. So we'll we'll see how how things work out. Yeah, he goes out of the lash with Mandy. Obviously, that's not the best thing to do when you're trying <laughs> to patch things up with your current partner, yes. but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Do Paddy and Chaz have a ship name? I'm really intrigued. If they do, can you let us know in the comments because yeah i feel you'll... like their names don't well i'm looking yeah. at, when i think about their names like paz and chaddy it just they're not they're not fun to say in the same way that no, it's like, is so P- passy P- yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> let could, us know let us know if we're missing if we're missing something obvious yeah and we'll um we'll refer to it in future <laughs> chats about them cool okay and then so staying with itv for our next spoiler segment we'll talk a little about um coronation street so Obviously, one of the big storylines, um, again, over the past few months has been um, Leanne, Nick, and obviously um, Baby Oliver, and, and kind of what the future holds um, for Oliver, and, and, and it's, you know, you know, really sad storyline, and we're going to see some more developments um, in that this week, when basically, so Wendy um, is kind of becoming an impartial go-between for for Nick and Leanne around what they're going to do with Oliver's treatment. Um, and it looks like she's been conducting these interviews. She's going to be recording them. And one way or another, um, those recordings are going to fall into Leanne's hands, which is probably not a good idea. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So Wendy is this impartial representative. She is interviewing everyone uh, to do with Oliver's future. And as we've seen this week already, Nick and Gail have had interviews. Nick said that he believes that Oliver yeah. is responding to sounds and things like that, but Gail was more honest and yeah. said that she didn't think he was. So it's a case of when Leanne gets her hands on these recordings, like how is she going to react? Because it's not necessarily what she wants to hear, is it? No. I think that's it's this rift, right, between Leanne and Nick and kind of how, how, how they should move forward. But, yeah, it's it's another, another wrinkle in the storyline, Um so yeah, we, we, we'll see how it all shakes out there. Yeah, it's a really hard-hitting storyline, isn't it? It's impacted everyone and it's really, really difficult to watch. But as we've said already, they're doing such a great job. Yeah, they really are. And then the other big story. This is a mm. really complicated one and yes. a little bit mysterious. So we've got this. Sally decides to sell the house because mm. she can no longer be around Jeff, <laughs> who can blame her. Yeah. But, yeah, but obviously we've got Debbie is clearly hiding something like she's yes. definitely hiding something we will yeah. find that out but it's all a bit strange and it all kind of ties in with this ray crosby's scheme to buy up coronation streets so obviously when sally decides to sell the house that feeds into that because that's mm. what he is hoping but yeah debbie's causing trouble yeah, like she, deliberately as well yeah she's got this agenda that we're not quite sure what it is but i think we'll see it we're going to start to see it play out this week when um the the kind of Metcalfs and Sally has this this garden party and and everyone's kind of talking and and annoyed and there's a scene where um we see Tim throw a bucket of water over Jeff which is exciting um, I'm sure that'd be fun to watch um but yeah like you say Debbie's gonna be stirring the pot and she's she goes over to Jeff she tells him that Sally's been kind of bad mouthing him Jeff turns up with a spade it's kind of all 
it's all kicking off. And yeah, like you say, it ends with Sally basically being like, maybe I should, you know, sell the house. And Debbie kind of saying, yeah, you should. Yeah, she's sort of feeding things back to Jeff, getting him unnecessarily wound up. And it's, yeah, what is she up to? I think the actress, Sue Devaney, has been talking about it and said that obviously she's got this big secret and lots is going to come out next week. So keep an eye on that. I think I think that's going to be a an interesting one. This is yeah. all kind of feeding into the 60th or kind of paving the way for the yes. 60th anniversary celebration. Yeah, I can't I can't help feeling like we're going to get some sort of reveal where it's like, "Hala, the whole street's been sold off." Like we didn't realize, mm. but Devi's actually, but you know, there's something interesting is, ha- is, is happening and something interesting is definitely coming down the road. Yeah, definitely. It's reminding me a little bit of, if you're a Senders fan, of a couple of years ago when there was that whole Wilmot Brown story with Max and uh, he was yes. kind of buying all, everything in Woolford and planning to turn it into flats, I think. But yeah. yeah, we'll have to wait and see like what's going on here. And then finally for Coronation Street, um, we've got kind of a, a, a further development with the uh, Michael and Grace storyline. Um, so if you remember back in September, um, Michael and Grace kind of had this falling, falling out, I suppose, lightly. Michael arranged for um, Grace to be arrested um, just as she was about to tell him that she was pregnant with his baby. And then Craig turned up and, and took her in for questioning. And it all kind of, it all fell apart at the last minute. Yeah. Um, and obviously, so she is pregnant. He doesn't know. And then they cross paths, I think, at the hospital, yeah. uh, coincidentally. And she tells him. But obviously, like, he's not sure now what to believe because yeah, she's told so many her. lies. Yeah, exactly. So it's a case of what is he going to do? Because she, I think she rings him as well. Yeah, I think and she's is like, gonna, I'm pregnant. Yeah, she's going to try and get him to come to the prison to see her and, and kind of um, hash things out. But yeah, it's a case of will he believe her and what will he do? So it's interesting to see the storyline come back because it's been a few weeks since we kind of, um, it's been shown. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, he's got a bit of a dilemma, I think. And then shall we jump on to EastEnders? Yes. So EastEnders, it's a, it's a, we've got this ongoing situation with mm. Callum and Jack. Obviously, we've seen Ellie. She's gone now. Yes. Um, but she's left behind this situation where, well, Raymond is now with Denise. Denise, and Callum is still in the middle of the police and the Mitchells, and Jack is suspicious because yeah. he knows that something is amiss here, and he's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun. I mean, this we've talked about quite a lot, quite a bit about this story over the past few weeks, um, and it is. I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying having like a. Callum storyline that where he's kind of front and center. Like I think, yeah, EastEnders viewers have got used to, for better or worse, having Ben and Callum be in the show a lot. Um, and at least this storyline, if you are a fan of them, is like it's not. It's good. It's interesting to see Callum have something kind of different to do. Um, but it is. I am struggling a little bit to kind of to follow sometimes what's happening, oh, um, <laughs> which I'll be honest about. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's the performances are great still, but the actual kind of the back and forth between um, Callum and Phil and Di Thompson. Um, occasionally, especially last week when everything was unfolding with Ellie, left me a bit scratching my head. Um, so I think now that maybe that half of the storyline has ended, we'll get some more kind of um, interesting things happening. But yeah, it, it's Callum is in this very weird place where he's like lying to his boss and he's lying to Phil and he's lying to Ben and he's lying to Jack and you know it can't end well yeah I totally agree last week and the week before I was so lost with like who knew what and who was on whose side so yeah like you said I'm hoping we can close the chapter on that especially with Ellie as great as she was Mm. as a character uh you know we can close that and move forward and like really focus on Callum because it's the first time I think he's really apart from like when he first got together with Ben and his coming out story it's the first time he's really led his own story and I think it'd be great to, to see like where this is going but yeah I'm I just as to where his loyalties lie I'm really yeah. confused like whose side is he really on yeah and it's like um, I think the, the scenes we'll see next week are going to be kind of him like you said coming into contact with Jack and now that Jack and Denise have broken up sad um yeah. they Jack you know is going to have a lot more time on his hands to kind of ponder what's been going on so I think someone is going to get found out sometime soon. Yeah, poor Callum. He's not the best liar either because he's so sweet and innocent. (laughs) So you can see right through him. (laughs) Um, And then the other kind of biggish storyline in EastEnders at the moment and something that we're going to see develop next week um, is around Mick. Um, Obviously, if you've been following the show for the past few weeks, um, the storyline as it stands is that... um, Frankie, who was this character we'd met a bit earlier in the year, she she came back into the square. Um, she was getting heavily involved in the Carter's life. She wanted to get to know Mick. She wanted to get to know um, the family in general. Um, and then it kind of basically came out that she was Mick's daughter. Well, said that she's Mick's daughter. And she's Mick's daughter by um, a woman who was a carer for them 
um, from Mick when he was younger. Um, and obviously the story has kind of, it's come out that basically Mick was abused by this woman when he was, when he was a child. And so th- that's the kind of developing um, storyline for the Carters. And this week, um, after Mick's kind of withdrawn into himself a little bit, it's, I think we're going to see him hopefully start to open up, especially around Shirley, because that's where the tension's been um, for the past week or so. Yes, he's not told anyone. Like, no one knows that Frankie has said that she's his daughter. No one knows what went on when he was younger. But obviously they're very concerned, Linda and Shirley especially, about his behaviour, yes. his anxieties through the roof. He's got a history of mental health problems. And I think Linda's really keen to get him some professional help but Shirley starts to realise that you know something's going on and Shirley being Shirley doesn't let it go and she yeah. pushes him for answers she knows he's been making calls to Frankie so she knows there's a connection there and then yeah so he sort of delves back into his childhood but as to what like how much he tells her I think we'll have to wait and see that's going to be playing out in next Thursday and Friday's yeah. episodes yeah it's been a really good I mean I Obviously, the storyline is is sad, sad, really sad for a whole number of reasons. But it's, it's been really sad to see the Shirley stuff as well, and like you know, she's trying to re- get through to to Mick, and he's pushing back and kind of acting like um, the reason he's so angry is just because she was a bad mum. And it's that's that side of the storyline has actually been really um, effective, and it's it's been nice nice to see Shirley have some of those scenes that are kind of quite emotional and quite um, dramatic. Absolutely, I bloody love Shirley. Yes. Like I'm just going to say it. I absolutely love her. I think Linda Henry is brilliant, especially yeah. when she gets the right material. And obviously, we've got Tina leaving like, mm. uh, later in the year, but I really hope that Shirley can continue to can continue to shine. Like I absolutely love her. She's yeah, great. Absolutely. Okay. And then finally for the week, let's talk about uh, Hollyoaks. Um, so yes. the big story, like the big ongoing storyline for Hollyoaks after post kind of 25th anniversary um, is of course the situation with the McQueens um, and the kind of the blackmailer and this doll, which we're kind of still living through at the moment. Yeah. It's creepy doll. So we know that Silas mm. is partly responsible, but it's looking very, very, well, we know he's got a, Accomplice. We don't know who that is, but next week it's all about the sin of greed, which greed. Teresa thinks is to do with her. She's got this secret from her time away. Oh my gosh, they always have secrets, don't always they? When they secrets. come back, yeah. <laughs> always come back with a secret. So she tells John Paul, like she's gonna, she's like stepping up. She's like, I'm gonna sort this out. She tells John Paul what went on in Spain, and he decides to ask. James for help James, again I think yeah. James is the only man in the village that's got any money <laughs> <laughs> or enough money to help yeah. <laughs> so he yeah he obviously loves John Paul so yeah. he agrees to help they plant this bag of cash outside and wait for the blackmailer to come and pick it up and but you're gonna have to wait and see whether yeah, they actually yeah they get a bit of a shock but as to whether they actually see the person or people in question mm, you might have to wait and see as I always say, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to see what's the kind of next stage of this storyline. Um, and then speaking about um, people returning to Hollyoaks, um, this is the week that Steve um, is coming back, which is very exciting for any big fans out there. Um, it's the first time that anyone on um, the show seen him since November last year. Um, and there's kind of, you know, all sorts of unfinished business for him um, yeah. as he kind of tries to confront the way that he treated um, the Malik family last year. So big storyline there. Yeah, big stuff. I mean, he's been off screen for a year. I don't think it was, I think he would have come back sooner, but obviously we've had lockdown and delays in filming. So he's been away for a while and, you know, there's so much history there. He's got a lot of bridges to build. Yes. And, you know, he comes back slap bang in the middle of Yaz and Tom's big moment you know they're engaged and he's got down on one knee and it's all lovely and sweet but obviously you know this is going to be this is going to be difficult I don't know whether he can be forgiven or not I think that is like the next big chapter isn't it yeah and I think it's gonna be really interesting to see yeah what happens to this character as he comes back and how he can redeem himself and what what that what the next few months um look like so yeah really excited to have him back on our screens and have this kind of this next stage in his long-term storyline and play out and be resolved definitely and it's great to have kieran back i mean he's a bit like mercedes he is hollyoaks he's been there for ages exactly of him so yeah it's great to have him. yeah it's not it's not hollyoaks without the two of them so now they're now they're back it's um yeah it's good times exactly cool i think that's everything for spoilers for this week yep another interesting week in soapland but hopefully some of it you'll enjoy i know there's a little bit of like vanity trouble ballam trouble but there is, there's hopefully some good stuff in there. Yeah, there's stuff happening all over the shop. I mean, I think last week we said, you know, we're kicking, we're kind of getting into resolution season, basically. And I think that's that's true again this week as 
some of our bigger, longer term storylines across all four start to kind of get either really pick up pace and, and move towards their kind of their, their final bit for the year or kind of, you know, really start to develop. So that's very exciting. Um, yeah. As always, you can read all of these spoilers and more by heading over to digitalspy.com forward slash soaps. Um, everything you could possibly want to know about Hollyoaks, Coronation Street, EastEnders, Emmerdale, uh, Home and Away, Neighbours, it's all there. So we'd recommend that you go check it out, especially if you enjoyed our interview um, with Daniel today, because you can read all of his great work um, on the site there too. Um, and you can follow the show and us on uh, Twitter at Soapscoop and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash digital spy soaps. Yep. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Five yeah, stars five, would be great. Five stars, please. <laughs> please. But, you know, we'll love you forever. But <laughs> up to you. And you can subscribe to get the episodes straight away when they land every Friday at 8 a.m. Yeah. And also just want to say um, before we go, the response to last week's episode um, when we talked to Vanity um, was really good and we really enjoyed kind of talking to you guys about um, why that storyline mattered so much and, and what you um, kind of were looking for. So, you know, do get in touch with us, do reach out on social media, talk to us about um, the storylines that you're enjoying and the storylines that you think we should be kind of talking about a bit more because um, we always kind of appreciate appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. If there's anything you want us to discuss at all, um, yeah, let us know because we'd love to hear from you and we're very open to ideas and, you know, we're halfway through the series now. So, yeah, that would be that would be great. But until then, have a great week. Don't keep it real like Ian Beale because, <laughs> as we said last week, nothing real about him. But <laughs> have keep it real like other people who are more real than Ian Beale. <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. 